0: All right quick reminder before we dive into this live episode we had a special guest on this one and boy does he make us seem silly most of the time like he's he's really profound and i I always hate bringing people like Joshua Becker on the stage with us <clears throat> yeah he uh I ruined the, the, the surprise <laughs> <laughs> maybe Sean can bleep that out yeah just bleep, bleep out Joshua Becker's
1: name <laughs> no he he uh yeah he is great um he just answers questions masterfully and yes every time it's like um i feel the same way like uh when we were on stage with rob bell it's like people like that we bring on stage and they're 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 uh you know upstaging us not intentionally and i am asking myself why did i bring this person on stage i
0: think it makes us so much better in make the long me
1: run. sound like an idiot no i i totally agree dude I was so happy to have them.
0: Yeah, and uh, oh, it's also a reminder. This is the last day to support our Packed Bags project. You can head on over to theminimalists.com slash bag. You can see the bag that we use when we travel. But as always, we want to discourage you from buying this bag unless you absolutely need it. You don't need to uh, just consume on impulse. You can find out for yourself whether you actually need it, whether it will truly add value to your life. You can watch the uh, the trailer that we put together. You can see us traveling with it over at theminimalists.com slash bag. And also, we're on the road right now. We're finishing up the Less Is Now tour in North America. We're going to be in Detroit, Milwaukee, and Las Vegas. That Las Vegas one is a charity event. 100% of the profits go to the Victims Fund after that terrible mass shooting that occurred recently. And then we're going... Uh, in March, we're going to be in Australia and New Zealand. Most of those are selling out really quick, so get your tickets while you can. Theminimalists.com. All right, Ryan, let's jump into this episode with Joshua Becker in Phoenix.
1: All right, y'all, enjoy.
2: Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you will be fine without it
0: Hey y'all, let's record a podcast There's a microphone over here We're gonna, We'll start with like five questions And we'll see what we can get to after that if possible Um We'll go ahead and get started, I suppose, as long as Sean's good back there. You good, Sean? Some, some sort of noise to let me know we're good. <laughs> 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 Ladies and gentlemen, podcast Sean. Yeah. Live from the Mesa Arts Center, my name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I am Ryan Nicodemus, and
1: together we are The Minimalists, live in Phoenix. <laughs> this
0: is so great, thank you so much for being here. Uh, before we start diving into some questions, we have a, a very special guest here tonight. You actually heard, during the talk earlier, you heard both of us talk about him, either directly or indirectly. Um, a really big inspiration uh, when we were first starting our journey. I, I know there were a few things that, that I said early on about, you know, when I first approached minimalism, there was this question, how might your life be better with less? And I got that question from the person we're about to bring out on stage. And it was, uh, it it really made me think about minimalism in in a different way. And it made me think about my life in a different way. It made me think about my relationship to stuff. Because I can tell you for the longest time, the question I always asked was, how might my life be better if I acquired this thing? If I got this promotion? If I got more, more, more? And instead, what if I were to flip that around and maybe focus on, on less? And then... You know, Ryan, during his talk, he was talking about the various minimalists that um, I first introduced him to, and they were living all these different lives. You know, there was a guy like Colin Wright, who was this peripatetic, nomadic writer, and, like, it was kind of cool and admirable what he was doing, but he was far from a normal human being. (laughs) Personally, I like having a couch and an end table, and, and, like, he can't fit that into his backpack, so he doesn't own them. And um, I, I guess the, 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 the person we're going to bring out here, the, the way that I, 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 when I was showing all these different minimalists to Ryan, like, it was like, oh, here's an aggressively normal person who's also a minimalist. <laughs> and uh, man, that was so freeing to me, realizing, like, you could be a regular person with a regular family, and uh, he lives here locally as well. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, our good friend, Joshua Becker.
3: I am going to officially add aggressively normal to um, every bio I've ever written about myself. That fits
1: right there in the Twitter bio. So, uh, you know, what's funny. I'm just looking at Joshua. I just realized you kind of look like if Josh and I were one person with yeah. the hair. <laughs> Very good. It's like if we were combined, we would be Joshua Becker. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'll
0: take it. Yes. That would be aggressively or abnormal. Or if you two had a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so um, early on. I, I stumbled across your uh, website, becomingminimalist.com, and and you have a lot of people there. You inspire a lot of people with your writings. Um, you've written several books. Um, most recently, uh, a really great book called The More of Less. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Hey, someone read it. <laughs> <laughs> It is a great book and a great audio book as well. So you can check it out. Um, In fact, Sean, if you can throw a link to that in the show notes. So if people are listening to this at home and they want to check it out and they're driving, you don't have to stop and hurt yourself. Um, You'll be able to find it later in in the show notes to this thing. But um, the thing that really inspired me, actually, at, at the time you were living in Vermont sort of in the suburbs, and, and Ryan earlier during his talk was talking about how you had a full-time job, and a car, and a house, and like contrasting that with Colin, who was just homeless, basically, and um, going to a new country every four months, and in and, and a situation that to most of us seemed so radical that it felt unstable. I, I saw what you were living, in. And, and, and there's a part in my in my talk where I'm, I'm talking about if you were to come to my house, you wouldn't say, oh my God, this guy's a minimalist. You'd probably just walk in and say, he's tidy. I'm actually describing Joshua Becker's house in, in this instance. Uh, for those of you, have any of you seen our documentary? <laughs> so you, you saw Joshua Becker and his wife Kim and, and their two kids in the suburbs of, of Phoenix. And um, like when I walked in their house, I just felt like, Calm, and I, I didn't feel like there was nothing stark about it. It was just really nice to be there, and, and welcoming in a way that wasn't like, well, what Ryan was talking about earlier, like the you know, the the house that when he was aspiring to sort of live in once he could make enough money to live there when he was a kid. I I I was inspired by just walking in there in a way that was sort of this. It was. It wasn't an intellectual exercise, it was like walking in somewhere, but I just felt good about being there. And so, uh, when, when, you, when you embarked on this journey, it was because you were living a different type of normal life. You were in the suburbs, but maybe not paying attention to what was most important. Was that accurate to say?
3: Yeah. Um, surprisingly so, I think, because I... I I don't think anyone ever sets out to live a life that isn't in line with their values or passions. It just, it seems like, it seems like society comes along and, and almost hijacks our passions and, and begins, um, we begin spending time and energy and money on things that, you know, we, we would never sit down across the table from someone and say, this is what's most important to me. And so... Uh, surprisingly so. My, I was cleaning out my garage on a Saturday morning and uh, hours later I'm still working on my garage and my five-year-old son is swinging alone in the backyard on the swing set and just came to the realization that everything I owned wasn't, wasn't making me happy, but everything I owned was actually taking me away from the very things that, that did bring me happiness and purpose and fulfillment. That. Um, that I'd spent my life, you know, chasing and accumulating things that that weren't in line with my values, and it, it was it was shocking in the moment to uh, to come to that to come to that realization. But certainly that was what that was what sparked it. And if, if I were to add on, because um, because Colin I, I, I met pretty early on, finding his blog as well, and I always add, you know, not only did he move every four months, the readers of his website voted as to which country he was going to move to. <laughs> Every four months, and I, I saw. Have you, you know, considered doing that with your family? No, no. See, <laughs> but that's the point. So there was there was Leo, and there was Colin, and uh, um, Logan, and Tammy Strobel up in Portland, and moved to this tiny home. And these were all the people that I was reading, uh, reading about. And what was interesting to me was that they were all, uh, they were all pursuing minimalism in line with what they most valued. So Colin loved. Traveling, and he loved seeing the world. And the the Strubles couldn't wait to, to get out of debt, and so they moved in this tiny home. And uh, I just said, I, I like I like my country. I like my I like my neighborhood. I don't want to move every four months. That's not what I want to get out of minimalism. Man, the fact that you uh, said such kind things about about my home um, that you felt invited and and calm and. Um, like, like, that's what I wanted. I mean, that, those were the things that were most important to me. And so my, my minimalism was always going to align with what my values were as opposed to the others that I was reading.
0: And, and so along this journey, I mean, one of the things that, that you've, I think, has been one of your values, and, and it's certainly one of ours, is, is contribution. And so a few years ago, you, you started a nonprofit called The Hope Effect. And we've been lucky enough to, to be able to partner with you on, on a couple of different or, orphanages that you're building. Uh, but it was when you first came to us, you were talking about the concept. It was different from a lot of other uh, charities because it seemed much more, I, the word that comes to mind is intimate. I don't know if you would use that to describe um, an orphanage, but, but building orphanages. But can you talk a little bit about, about why you decided to, what, what the charity is and why you decided to start it?
3: Yeah, why I started to sh- start it, I mean, I guess there's a long story. My, my wife was, a, was adopted. I um, uh, know a lot of people who have adopted kids from overseas and just seen a lot of different experiences that, that people were having. Um, actually, the, the, uh, the nonprofit started out of um, the more of less um, writing, writing that book. Um, they, they, they paid me more money than they should have to write the book, and I'm like, I'm writing a book about how... We shouldn't own more stuff. What am I, I going to do with with this um, author advance? And so we we use the we use the, the money from the book to start the nonprofit. I'm like, let's go do something meaningful, uh, meaningful with the with the money. And so I guess the the short story behind the Help Effect is we've there's there's like decades worth of research um, concerning orphanages, institutional style orphanages, the ones that most people picture with 20, 30 kids and a few adults and a couple walls, um, that actually this style of orphan care in most developing nations is um, actually quite quite harmful for kids, um, that, that in almost every stage of human development, they, they fall behind. Um, and so we had this idea um, to build a more of a campus setting. We would build smaller homes in a campus setting. Each home uh, would house two parents uh, and four to six orphans, and in that way, it would function like like a family would. Um, they get the intimacy and attention and affection that they would in a family. And also, uh, they just see a picture of what a family looks like for when they for when they start one of their own. And so you guys have been very gracious in, in supporting that. Built a, built a home in Honduras. Um, built, um, building our, our next campus uh, just south of Yuma on the uh, the US-Mexico border has been in the news a little bit lately. So <laughs> we, uh, uh, we're on the Mexico side trying to be proactive and um, um, uh, San Luis, Rio, Colorado, Mexico is where we're uh, putting our next campus. So thank you guys for your support and for letting me mention it here.
0: Yeah, and so if, if people are listening to at home or people in the audience are interested and in, in find a way to contribute to that, what's, what's the best thing? Uh, what, where's the best place they can go to learn more, but also what you encourage them to do?
3: Yeah, sure. HopeEffect.com is, uh, is the website. We use 100% of donations. Uh, for uh, direct care, so um, that's the best place.
0: Thanks. Beautiful. Sean, if you can put a link to that in the show notes as well, that way people can, can access that as well. Well, Mr. Becker, how about we, we hang out and we, uh, we answer some questions here? I'm in. I think we have a few. Howdy, what's your name, and uh, where are you from, and then what's your question, hopefully in that order.
4: My name's Jennifer, and I'm from Orange County, California. Welcome. Thank you. Um, My sister had turned me on to you guys back in August, so I've been listening since then. I'm hooked. Um, Every week, uh, if my trash cans aren't overly full, I'm not doing it right. So for the past eight weeks, I've gotten rid of a lot of stuff. Um, But on the other side of the minimalism, I started my own business about three years ago. And about six months ago, I realized I wasn't happy. I wasn't passionate about it. And I sold my business, and it just went into effect October 1st with a new owner. So I'm very excited. Um, It was very stressful. Um, A big weight has been lifted off of me. However, I'm finding I have a different kind of stress. Sure. And so my question is, with you guys, did you ever, with what you're doing and you're passionate about it and living a more meaningful life, do you ever find that does it ever get completely stress-free? No. No.
0: <laughs> Thanks for the question, Jennifer. Next
1: question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just teasing. Uh, so so let, let's talk about that. So what, what are you stressed out? I, I, my guess is, uh, is financial. Is, is that part of it? I,
4: I have a little nest, but it makes me uncomfortable to not have the income coming in.
0: Okay, that's a good word. Uncomfortable. Um, so... so Um, You've listened to the podcast. You've probably heard me talk about this before. There are three things I really hate. Uh, Travel, public speaking, and large crowds of people. (laughs) Um, It's not that I hate them. I just find all three of them really stressful. Um, It's not even that they're that... They're not overly stressful, but it is uncomfortable. I feel a sense of severe discomfort. Um, and so much so that I have to build up certain routines and rituals and habits so that I can at least alleviate some of the discomfort. But I also know that that place of discomfort is the place from which I grow the most. So right now where you're, where, what you're feeling are growing pains.
4: Okay. Interesting. Thank
0: you. I I was,
1: uh, uh, looking at Instagram earlier today and I saw this quote uh, from John Mayer, man, I'm just paraphrasing this. It's much better. Uh, if you go to his Instagram and read it, (laughs) but it was something along the lines of, uh, life is, it, it is half bitter and half sweet. And it really just hit a chord with me because I can totally relate with that. It's like, I look at, um, what Josh and I are doing now and it's a lot of work and it's, it is stressful sometimes. Uh, getting to the venue on time, you miss a flight and it's like, oh my God, are we gonna be even able to like make the show? I mean, there's so many things that pop up. And uh, you know, to, to add to Josh's point of like, no, there's, there's never gonna be no stress. Like, there's always gonna be some type of stress. For me, uh, I guess I try to look at the net, uh, the net gain of, of, of it all. And if I can look at it and say it's, it's, it's net sweet and not net bitter, then I feel really, really good about what I'm doing. And what I do know 100% is that no matter what I do, if I am focusing on my, my values and beliefs, the health and, and, and having good relationships and doing something that, that I love, creating something, uh, contributing, like contribution for me, like giving is living, um, uh, growing, doing all those things. I know that if I focus on those things, I will always, I will always be able to lay my head down on the pillow and go to sleep and have a nice night sleep. And that is what I focus on. I don't focus on waking up to, um, you know, puppy dogs and rainbows every morning. I don't think that's realistic, honestly. Uh, like, in fact, if you think about it, like, so waking up, in an, it, like waking up extremely happy. If you look at like an XY graph, this is time, this is happiness. And on day one, you wake up and you're way up here on the happiness scale. And day two, you wake up, and you're here on the happiness scale. And then day three, you're here on the happiness scale. And day four, this is called manic.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and a lot of manic people, that are out directing traffic right now. <laughs> and they're not traffic officers. And the other thing, too, is that that, that, that bar, it gets that's, that's the new norm. That becomes the new norm. So... I when I have that stress, like I totally accept it because I understand that it's impossible to have the peaks without the valleys. So what I would say is embrace the valleys, continue to live up to your values and beliefs. Obviously make smart choices, but yes, this is a you just got rid of your business on October 1st. What is what's the day today? I forgot. Seventh. It's a week. Your weekend What into city it. are we in? Yeah, what city are we in? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, New Jersey! No. Um <laughs> No, I, 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 this is absolutely fresh, it will get better, but keep making all the smart choices that you have, I promise you, it will be okay. But em- embrace those valleys, because okay. it, it is an important part of life to accept.
4: Okay, thank you.
0: Thanks. Howdy.
6: Hi. What's your uh, name? My name is Teresa. Hey, Teresa. And I'm from the San Francisco area.
0: Welcome. Uh, Is everyone here from California?
6: <laughs> uh, so I found Joshua Becker. I listened to your audiobook, I think, around March. And it totally changed my life. <laughs> I mean, it, every t- then, so from listening to your book, which I've listened to probably three or four times now, because when I ran out of audiobooks, I just listened to that one again.
1: All right, enough about but, Becker. Get on with your question.
6: <laughs> <But> so, <laughs> and every time I'd go looking for your blog, it would be like Joshua the Minimalist. And you two would always come up. So then I found you guys. I'm
0: sorry. And, I'm so sorry. So, <laughs> But so, that's where my traffic's gone. But,
6: <laughs> so I do have a question, but the the biggest thing that's changed in my life is that shopping was my sport of choice. Mm. And uh, there was nothing... That is a full contact sport. I liked better <laughs> than shopping. And now, I hate shopping. Like, I... Congratulations. It, it takes me away from my kids. That's like, awesome. i like, yeah, so... I don't want to shop. <laughs> so so that's the biggest thing. I'm so grateful. That, that is awesome. That I don't want to spend money, and I don't want to miss time with my family.
1: So, because so, there's someone out there right now who loves shopping, and right. they really want to get over it. Yeah. So did you just wake up one day, and you're like, I don't want to shop anymore?
6: No, I had to find, I had a formal event to go to, and I needed to buy a dress, and... I didn't, for one, I didn't want to spend money on a dress that I was only going to wear once. I live in San Francisco. Nobody dresses up. Just tuck I just not the I don't need to dress up. I didn't <laughs> need a fancy dress. And I'm in my 40s, and all my friends, we all have different bodies. It wasn't something I could just, like, ask a friend to. So I had to find a dress, and I spent six hours at the mall. Miserable. I was just, like... I don't want to be here, I don't want a new dress, I don't want to be here, but I have this event and I'm going with a family member and I don't want to embarrass my family member, it's a work thing and I've got to do this, but it sucked. (laughs) So that's, and it really was like I'm leaving in two days and so I have two days I should be with my boys right now instead of shopping so that I can leave for five days.
1: So it took uh, getting some emotional leverage, some pain, yeah. to really kind of break that habit.
6: To, right, to yeah. cuz it was fun before when I didn't think about it. It was fun. I was buying stuff. Cool. I'd get a new Six dress.
1: Hours at the mall. Right.
6: Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: Josh, they call what's that what's they what's call it? that purgatory.
6: Yeah. Right? <laughs> so.
1: Thank you so much for the compliment. So I really appreciate.
3: It. I would I would just add it's uh it's it's uh, we would probably say the same thing that that there's a moment in time where you begin pursuing minimalism, and it's actually one of the reasons I think that question is so important. Like, how would your life look better with less? Um, because when you see it and when you begin experiencing it and begin noticing the benefits, man, I think the fact that, that I was blogging, the fact that you guys were blogging, it just makes us observant to, to the changes that are taking place and what's happening around us. And as we start noticing how our life is improving, in many ways, the the desire to own more just starts to starts to fade and and you start seeing the world completely differently and i i walk into a store now and i'm like man i don't even like i'm so happy not wanting all this right. all this stuff that i see it's uh it's it's a powerful experience to walk into a store and and not want anything um other than the dress that you need for the party that you're going for to sure.
1: it's so funny you say that man cuz like uh we, we just moved to la as you know, and most people probably know, um, walking around, like, it's not just the shops, it's the cars. Like, everywhere I look, it's a a, a $100,000 car. It's unbelievable. And I'll tell you, my 25-year-old self, I would have just been drooling. I would have just been like, oh, man, like, how can I get myself one of those Bentleys or or one, I love those Mercedes Jeeps. Like, they look really cool. I don't know if they're good cars or not. But I, I as one of the minimalists, I still look at them, I'm like, that's pretty cool. I do the same thing with a big house. I'm like, that's a really nice house. But that's where it stops. And it's like, I can really think about it and, and process it and say, you know what? I'm not going to go spend $100,000 on a car. Uh, you know, maybe I'll spend... Uh, 15,000 bucks on a car, 20,000 bucks on a car, and I could probably build an orphanage or two orphanages with the rest of that money. And uh, the fact that we started this seven years ago, like, I feel like I didn't realize it at the time when we started it, but I, we were just kind of, like, conditioning ourselves for L.A. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's an interesting thing there because I think what, what you're talking about is appreciation over acquisition and, and not needing to acquire the thing in order to appreciate it. Like, I, I can... Yeah, some of those cars look really nice. They they almost look like art in a way. But just if I go to a museum, I don't want to like take every painting home. Uh, that that would be a weird compulsion. But and and a a con, in a consumer culture, that's kind of what we want to do. We go to these the, these uh, museums called stores and and create this uh, sort of uh, tomb that we've amassed with stuff called our homes. Thanks for your comment.
6: So. I have one quick question. I think it's a quick question. So my father passed away at the beginning of the year and I don't need his stuff at all. I mean, I didn't, it wasn't like I was there. I didn't have anything I wanted. I had, I have him in my memory, but he gave me in the last few months, he gave me some different sort of religious things, little, a little charm thing, which is, a nice I keep it it's like a coin, I keep it in my purse. It's nice when I come across it. It's great, but recently I came across like a little uh, cross that sort of opens up it's about an inch and a half big and it opens up and you could put little charms or something in it, but I'm like this this doesn't add value to my life I don't it's not something I necessarily want, but I'm like, but it's a cross and I don't feel like i can get rid you of cross. You don't want to like be
1: sacrilegious and throw away. Yeah, like, cr- i
6: don't know if and i'm i'm not religious but i'm like i just it's the real, it's the cross <laughs> no, I, and god and i'm like can
1: i i totally understand. <laughs> I, I could relate with that. Um well, man, I, just, I, I don't think i'll announce publicly what i do with all the Watchtower and awakes that my dad uh mails me. Right. Uh <laughs> 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 um but but what I'll say is uh, you don't have to just throw it away. You could absolutely find someone who would get value out of that. But if it's a one-inch cross, yeah. I'll give you permission to hang. If, it's, if that's it and that's your one item you're having trouble with,
2: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>.
1: keep it.
6: <laughs> thank you.
1: <laughs> By the way, I just want to say, uh, and, and thank you so much for your question. Really, really appreciate it. Um, when I go, so uh, where Mariah and I live, I'll go down to the garage, and I still have the, the, the 2004 Toyota Corolla from the documentary, like that's our car, and it is by far the shittiest car in the whole garage, <laughs>
0: and I love it. <laughs> anyway, all right, what's your name? What, uh, where are you oh, wait, from? Hold on, hold on, hold on, oh. on. before we move on. If you're at home and you're listening to this, uh, you can give us a call. If you have a comment or tip for anyone who is is uh, asking us questions today and you'd like to say something, give us a call, 406-219-7839, or just in a voice memo right, memo right from your phone to podcast at com. And it's my favorite part of the show. At the very end, we will air a few comments and tips from our listeners, and it's where I continue to grow and I learn a whole lot of stuff because you all know, so combined, know infinitely more than we do. And, and so we get to learn a whole lot at the end of these episodes. So stay tuned for that. Ryan, you know what time it is? Man, I almost forgot. It is time for our hashtag Ask the Minimalists lightning
1: round where, well, we usually answer questions from social media, but it'd be really weird if we were up here on our phones looking at Twitter.
0: Indeed, we are on uh, social media at The Minimalist on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. That's where we usually answer questions. But (coughs) I ate some sunflower seeds earlier. (laughs) And uh, note not to do that before the show. I was back there with Becker earlier, and he was like, I was looking at him. I couldn't say any words. Just because I had, I don't know, seven different sunflower seeds. I think I'm better now. Anyway, um, uh, we'll try to give you a... We'll we'll monder on a bit, but we'll give you a pithy answer. We call them minimal maxims, and uh, Jessica Williams, who's around here somewhere... Oh, she's right there. Ladies and gentlemen, Jessica Williams. She catalogs all of our pithy answers over at minimalmaxims.com. It's like just a a new... You just refresh the page, you get a new... Yeah, Jess. (laughs) And uh, she also live tweets from, from the events as well using the hashtag less is now from our account. Howdy, what's your name? Uh, by the way, we'll give you we'll give you a 140 character answer, eventually.
7: Well, I'm not on social media, so
0: that's all right. I'll,
7: I'll have to find it later. <laughs> So um, my name is Brittany. I'm here from Phoenix. This is What's your like, name? Uh, Brittany. Hey, Brittany. This is like a bucket list thing I can like check off today. Very cool. Um, so I, I have like a I had a life event that happened in April, and someone turned me on to you, and it's been really good ever since. And sold my house, put all my money from my house into a retirement fund. I have no debt. Thankfully, I've never well, except the house, I never had any debt, and I'm I'm finally like really happy, but. I still have, I boxed everything up, went away for a few months, and now I'm dealing with the boxes. And I'm living with a friend. My friend is really nice, and I'm in his house, and I have a lot of kitchenware, and I don't need, we don't need like two sets of silverware, and we don't need two sets of pots and pans. But eventually, I'm not going to live with my friend, so I'm an ENTJ, so I think about things obsessively. It's ridiculous. I think sometimes some of my friends are like, um... I th- I think you'll be okay, but I just, it, you know, you get it. Oh yeah. So right now what I'm really struggling with is this really nice set of like pots and pans that I wanted so bad and now I don't really need them and I don't know if I'll really need them later. So I do do I hold on to them and just think that maybe I'll need them in a year or so when I have my own place or I don't
0: know. So, so first off, congratulations. Yeah, I'm thanks. I'm really, really happy for you. You're in a really great place right now and you have some interesting problems that aren't very big problems, but they're they're still, they're better problems. And and you've moved into a world of better problems. So congratulations for that. Thank you. What what I'll say is you need to figure out what the word eventually means. Yeah. Because you said, I want to eventually move out. And because if it's eventually means a week from now, then yeah, you probably don't want to get rid of those pots and pans, right? But if eventually means, I don't know, maybe someday, then then yeah. I would, I would decide to let them go because here's the other thing that I just noticed from the very end of your statement is um, they're kind of, they're just pots and pans. They might be nice, but you don't want them to be too precious. If right. something is too precious for me, I try to figure out a way to let it go. Right. That was good. That's my pithy <laughs> answer. That's good pithy. Oh, man. Um,
1: do you have, like, you said maybe a year. Is that, is that where you're at right now?
7: recently went backpacking by myself and so now I'm thinking that maybe I'll want to keep backpacking so my eventually might actually be never but I'm still trying to work my way around if that's actually going to happen or if it's just my like gut reaction to do something and not just say I'm going to do something so I don't know so yeah maybe, maybe no I just that's yeah so <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah um I was really just trying to stall to come up with a quick a, a <laughs> answer no, I, uh, if that's the case, like, just get rid of the pots and pans. I mean, if you want to go backpacking, um, you could also, like, find uh, friends and family who maybe could use some pots and pans. Or You know, find it, like, in, yeah. you know, and, like, give it to them with the, the pretense of, like, I might need this in five years. I just want to let you know. I, I'm going to go backpacking I, across <laughs> the world. But when I come back... <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I. I I guess my pithy answer would be um, one day or day one. You decide.
7: Thank you.
3: All on you, Mr. Becker. Well, I had a great answer until that amazing pithy sentence. Um, I once had someone email me, and they these are the short answers. Yeah, you, you start section. with a long okay. answer, and, and then if you
1: can't I, think of a short one, we'll tweeze it. Okay.
3: okay. I once, uh, I once had someone email me, and uh, she said, "Hey, I'm all into minimalism, um, uh, but help me figure something out. If I have an extra set of china in the basement, what's the big deal?" <laughs> I'm like, "Huh? That's actually a pretty good question. What <laughs> when is a big deal?" Um, took me a few days, and uh, and I finally wrote back, and I and I said, "Look." If all you have in your basement is an extra set of china, then it's probably not a big deal. Uh, the problem is we have so much more than one extra set of china in our basements. We have boxes and boxes of, of stuff and, and more and more stuff. And then, then this is when it becomes uh, a burden to us. Um, I, so if it's just, if it's a one and a half inch cross, right? Like, like this isn't burdening your life. If it's one set of pots and pans, it's probably not burdening your life. Is it... I got the pots and pans, but there's actually four or five other boxes full of things, and that's the real issue, then, um, then that might be, a, might, might be another question. But um, I, if it's going to be a year, um, and if you have the financial resources to buy pots and pans when you get back in a year, there's man, there's probably plenty of families in Phoenix right now that... Uh, uh, would be greatly blessed um, by, those, by those pots and pans. So that might be uh, another way that I'd be thinking it through. Yeah.
7: yeah. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Yeah, it's so true. I was thinking, Ryan, you, you help out a lot of refugees. Um, and I know it's sort of like the number one thing that they would ask for, like, how do I get pots and pans like, when they first move, move in? Because yeah. they got to be able to cook. And right. It's not something we often think about. We we think about donating clothes and and you know different household items, but quite often forget about these these basic necessities people are going to use three times a day. Quite often.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy too. Like helping out. Like I remember
0: the first family
1: that I helped out. Um, there is uh, this was in Missoula, Montana, and there's a wonderful organization there um, that that it's it's like the IRC, which I can't really. International Refugee Committee, or counts—it's one of those. Anyway, um, it, uh, they partner with this with this other uh, nonprofit, and basically, when the refugees show up, they go to uh, this nonprofit called Soft Landing. And
5: right.
0: <laughs> Nothing. You know, before 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 uh, we got on the stage today. Ryan said, "I gave you the weakest chair because you're the lightest." <laughs> good well, luck. Dude, I knew I was a good. I
1: knew that would have broke on me in like two seconds. <laughs> so they, they go to soft landing, and my deep. Should I just stop? What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Long story short, they will get all this stuff that they need, and and Missoula, Montana is such a high culture per capita there, and there's so many people there who just want to give, and they will just. Give as much as possible. It got to a point, like, after the first six weeks where that family, they were like, no more stuff. <laughs> we have plenty of stuff, thank you. <laughs> like, like, if food they would take, for sure. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it was just funny watching them go from, literally, like, I'm just packing up my car full of pots and pans and uh, blankets and coats and boots and everything that they would need when they moved to a, a you know, cold place from a very warm place, and uh, like, I'm bringing this into their home and I'm like, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, I don't know if you need all this stuff. I mean, let me tell you about minimalism. I, you know, I'm just, <laughs> I, I, all I can do is support them as much as possible. But to watch them go from like just really, just grabbing all the free stuff that they could and then transitioning to like, okay, no more. It was, it was pretty interesting.
3: Let me, uh, let me just add, we found uh, two local charities uh, when we were minimizing in Vermont. Uh, the Vermont Refugee Resettlement Program that, that took so many of our housewares and all the things that uh, you're mentioning, um, the CareNet Pregnancy Center in downtown Burlington that was helping. Uh, my daughter was two and we were done having children, but we had all the baby and the maternity stuff left over, and uh, and we just found um, supporting those organizations to be very motivating in our in our minimizing journey. And it's it's the one thing that I tell people, you know, should I sell it? Should I donate it? I'm like. If you don't need the money, which most of us don't, I'm like, find a local charity whose mission you believe in. Um, because generosity is not only the result of minimalism in our lives, but in many ways, generosity becomes the lifeblood of it. And uh, very much a motivating factor to get rid of our things as our excess becomes a blessing to others. So
0: That's good. beautiful. Howdy. Hi. What's your my name? name is
5: Michelle, and hey we Michelle. met outside. <laughs> and I was fangirling you, totally nervous AF right now, and Where I'm shaking. From? Phoenix, uh, and uh, I'm happy you guys are here. You kind of look like Jesus, Ryan, and live. <laughs> and
1: <laughs> we have crosses for sale
3: out in the lobby.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> one, just just one, just one, oh, one-inch really cross. One. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
5: So my question is, I'm a vegan for ethical reasons, and the the thing I'm facing is, you know, you want to buy quality stuff, not buy three pairs to one pair of leather shoes, for example, or a purse or whatever the case is. Sure. I'm buying more vegan stuff, um, but I have to replace it more. Uh, vegans, who is it? <laughs> My new tattoo. I just got my vegan tattoo, so it's stamped. So anyway, so my thing is, you know, I want to have just that one pair of black booties, or you know, the one black leather or non-leather bag that's going to last me, and it hasn't. So what kind of? What do you recommend?
0: <laughs> With respect to what booties? Like,
5: I just I, <laughs> I'm having. Wait, such where a- I come from,
0: that means something different. <laughs>
5: Of the short boots so like i know ryan i know that you were trying to go vegan i think for a while and then i think oh um, no
1: i was vegan
5: oh what made so you jo- stop
1: well no josh he calls me up one day and he's like i'm thinking about uh doing this this vegan diet and i'm like what's a vegan diet and he said oh don't worry about it you would never be able to do it <laughs> and i said okay i'll call you back so then I looked it up, and I'm like, I could do this. There's so many delicious vegan things I can still eat. Um, so I called Josh back, and I was like, dude, I, I'm in, and I'll do it longer than you do. <laughs> and uh, I did. I totally won the bet. He still owes me a dollar.
2: <laughs>
1: um, but uh, no, it's, it, it is... Um, it was a very interesting, like, 12 or 13 months. Uh, the reason why I went back, it was... It was I, <sighs> I would go on a date, and like me having to order, I felt like the girl at the table. Like, <laughs> I just really felt like, um, does this have like honey in it or like?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I was thinking, I wonder how Ryan could piss off the vegans and the feminists today. <laughs> <laughs> Good night,
1: everybody. <laughs> No, I just I
0: I, I, uh, I really I really am gonna stop talking now. So so here's here's what I what I'll recommend to you. Many I, I, I like to support I like to support um, I I I don't only support local businesses. You'll see all these these you know stickers and, and window signs that say buy local. And I occasionally see some that say buy local first. And that, that tends, and we can all we can define local differently, right? I think one of the big advantages of buying things that are made in the United States is not only are you are you supporting a local or national economy, uh, and your dollar does go farther in those local economies, but you also uh, you also can be assured that you're, the high quality goods that you're buying weren't made in a sweatshop. Uh, if I had the option, I would certainly buy a ethically made iPhone. I would find a way to to spend more money on on that than a iPhone that I wasn't sure whether or not it was made ethically. And so I, th- I think first, because the reason that you are a vegan is because of your morals with respect to animals, but we also have to think of our ethics with respect to, to people as well, right? And, and so I, I wanna keep both in mind. And so the one thing that, that I try to do is I, I will support things locally, and I buy high quality goods, most of the things that I own are, are going to be you know, either vegan or vegan friendly, and, and whether it's like the pants I buy from a place called Mission Workshop, or, or different shirts that I buy, you know, what I find is I tend to buy things that are made locally, or at least in the United States, and that will last a long time, and it's gonna, it's gonna, take, some, it's gonna, it's gonna take some time to, to find the right place. But that's the beauty of minimalism for me. Like once I find the thing that that works for me, then the, I no longer have that, that paradox of choice because I've already made the decision. So right now you're in this sort of exploring stage. You need to find high quality goods that are going to last a long time. It's probably going to mean certain synthetic materials. But once you found once you found the the once you've made your decision then you don't have to keep making the same decision over and over, which is what consumerism tries to get us to do with, with the 52 shopping seasons every single year, right? It's like, I bought a new... Sh- so so here, here's a stat for you. 90% of you have purchased a piece of clothing within the last 90 days. Or I'm sorry, within the last 30 days. Uh, 50% of you have purchased something within the last week. Uh, I'm in that first category. I bought underwear recently. Hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying this experiment.
1: I thought we shared underwear.
2: Uh.
0: Are you wearing them today? No, I thought you were. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Joshua Becker. Uh,
3: uh, I might send you to a, a website. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Reddit at all, but uh, I know there's a, there's a subreddit uh, called Buy It For Life. And um, so I would just maybe Google Reddit, R-E-D-D-I-T, Reddit, buy it for life, which would probably send you to this forum and you could ask uh, any specific question about, hey, I'm looking for the highest quality, this, and um, if someone would know, they might have a a good recommendation for you.
5: Okay, cool, thank you.
0: Beautiful, thank Thank you. you. Well, we, we didn't have any pithy answers for you, so let's do one more lightning round question. Howdy, what's your name?
4: Hi, I'm Jenny, I'm from Sweden which is not in California.
0: (laughs) Then why do you have that New Jersey accent? (laughs) Oh, I'm just joshing you. What's your question?
4: Um, Okay, so I often find myself in, you know, dialogues about why and how minimalism. And some people just tell me that yeah, it's fine for me to be a minimalist, but you know that everyone cannot be a minimalist because then no one would shop. Meaning, we need to close down all of the shopping malls, all of the stores, which will create very boring cities. Uh, it will create many people losing their jobs, getting you know poor, miserable.
0: Wait, wait. So, 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 <laughs> so. I think Phoenix would be much less boring if we could, if we got rid of some of the strip malls. Man, it, it would. I, I would be so bored if I didn't see another strip mall. Um, in you fact, I was taking the Uber over here and he was like, you wouldn't believe how many Walmarts are here. <laughs> um, and, and I think that's sort of the, 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 the epitome of this like uh, convenience culture. And the, the answer to your question is, minimalists aren't opposed to buying stuff. You know, I'm not up here in a loincloth, right? <laughs> Um, I think we all need some stuff the 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 question is what's the appropriate amount and do I think if Everyone in the entire world became a minimalist overnight that the economy would crash. Yeah, probably Um, But do I think that's gonna happen no, I, I don't. And so what we're trying to do is affect change over a, lo- a long period of time. And I think what you're going to see is the economy shift from, from an ownership economy to an access and service economy. We still spend money, but we spend money on more meaningful experiences. That's pithy. That's good. I saw, I saw Becker. You wanted to interject there. What's that? It looked like you wanted to interject.
3: Oh, of course. Always. Um, you're right. How's that? <laughs> You're right. I, I think um, when you become minimalist, it doesn't mean that you stop spending money. Um, it, it means that you stop buying stuff that you don't need, uh, oftentimes so that you have money for something else. Um, man, I, I, I've been to Sweden. I've been to your, your beautiful capital. And man, you know what makes Stockholm beautiful isn't, isn't all the shopping malls. It's all the museums. I mean, what, what an amazing culture an amazing city and all the experiences that you can enjoy there Um, and so the economy sure probably hiccups probably shifts um, but uh, I I think it become more of a service-based economy more of an experience-based economy uh, more of an economy where we're we're doing good for other people Um, so um, I I think that you just find it you find the economy shifting um, rather than collapsing
0: and that doesn't sound boring to me at all
1: not at all I, I, I'll add that, uh, well, first off, anyone who says, well, uh, if everyone became minimalist overnight, well, um, you know, the, the businesses was closed and the economy is crashed. More retail businesses closed last year than any other year. There are, there are malls, like the malls are getting ready to take a huge hit this year. So not everyone's a minimalist, and that, that stuff is still happening. So, especially you look at 2008. That's what happens when we spend too much. Then the economy crashes. So yes, your friend's right. If, If people stop spending money tomorrow, the economy crashes. But when we spend too much, the economy crashes. And what I like to think is that minimalism, it brings a balance between too much and too little.
5: Thank you.
0: Thank you. All right, hold there, real quick. Uh, we're gonna move on to another segment, real quick, called "Added Value." So we talk about something that has added value to our lives recently, and uh, since we are in Arizona, by the way, we, um, we we just moved to LA, but we were considering places to move, and I can tell you that Arizona was actually in the top three. Um, and it's not just because Joshua Becker's here. Um, but um, no, we just I love the whole state. And, and so I, I can tell you that uh, whether it's, you know, if you need access to a big city and all the amenities of a big city, actually, I think it's easier in, in many ways to be a minimalist in a big city because you have access to things that you don't have to own, which is which is really nice, whether that's a, a rideshare service or, or all of these other services. And plus, we all have that now with, you know, we have a... a million different songs in our pocket, and, but we're seeing that with physical goods as well, and a, a large city allows us to have access to more things, or uh, a place like Tucson. Is Tucson in the house tonight? Anyone from Tucson? Tucson? Yeah, and so that, that's the place that we, we, were, we were really thinking heavily about going. Um, I, there's something magical about about the city of Tucson. And then the place I want to recommend, though, the place that adds, has added value to my life, and I uh, sadly haven't been there in a few years, and I'm going to get back there hopefully next spring, is Sedona, Arizona. Uh, the, here's the weird thing about it. I know there are many people from... Other parts of Arizona who have never been there, because I've talked to them. Um, just like me, I, I, uh, this is a weird analogy. I've never been. I, I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. For the first thirty-one years of my life, I never went to Cleveland. But Cleveland's the opposite of Sedona. Um, but uh, it's Sedona literally the most beautiful place I've ever been, and I've been a lot of places. And uh, so, if you're listening to this at home, or if you're just in Arizona and you've never made the trip there. Um, go there, and, uh, oh, his first time I ever got food poisoning was in Jerome, Arizona, so <laughs> you can avoid the hamburgers there. Uh, I've got two recommendations. Um,
1: I forget the restaurant I ate at. I met someone there at the restaurant. Is it Blue Adobe? Is that what it's called? <laughs> yes. Okay. That, it's like two miles down the street. I just like, just googled like delicious tacos and it came up. Uh, but I was, I was really impressed, so uh, check that place out. And then Cartel. Oh my God. Like I, I've discovered cartel back in uh, 2014 when uh, Josh and I were on that crazy 100 city tour and like I still will, like you can order their coffee online and have it shipped and I will do that every once in a while. It is, yeah, cartel is an awesome coffee place. If you haven't been and you like coffee, you should go.
0: Mr. Becker, what what do you and your your family like to do around the the beautiful Phoenix area?
3: Oh, heavens. What adds value to
0: your life? Oh, heavens.
3: Um, I was going to mention that I was in Warsaw, Poland last weekend and uh, totally had my life changed. Um, Speaking on minimalism there and just a very fascinating country, war-torn, came out of communism in 1989 uh, the man I had dinner with, my age, grew up um, looking out the window at breadlines, and now they've been uh, capitalist in um, Western democratic country for the past 25 years. And it was it was very fascinating being in that space, um, seeing them uh, appreciate all the freedom and entrepreneurial opportunities that they had in their life, uh, and yet being able to speak about minimalism and just this whole idea of uh, what what do we use our freedom for? Um, I'm 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 all for capitalism. I'm I'm just all for using uh, freedom and entrepreneurial spirit for the for the right things. And man, it was um, it was a it was a life changing trip. I think, regardless of the conversations I had, just just being there. So um, that and we like to play soccer with my kids
0: down the street. So there you go. All right, y'all. Quick interruption. If you want to listen to our bonus episode this week, as well as all of our past bonus episodes, head on over to theminimalists.com and click donate at the top of our website. Each week we publish The Minimalists private podcast exclusively for our Patreon supporters. This private podcast shows up in your normal podcast feed like Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Google Play, or whatever podcast app you use. And it shows up right next to our normal weekly podcast you know, the one you're listening to right now. And being a Patreon supporter also gets you first access to the best tickets to all of our live events as well as access to our monthly private live stream video which is called Ask the Minimalists Anything. It's worth noting that none of this money goes to me or to Ryan. Instead, we're using your contributions to build a new podcast and film studio in Los Angeles so that we can create more meaningful audio and video creations. If you already support this podcast, thank you. I know that $2 often doesn't sound like a lot of money. I mean, it's less than a cup of coffee, but it is your support that keeps this podcast 100% advertisement free because advertisements suck. And if we can just get 2% of our audience to support this show, then we'll have enough funds to produce some amazing new creations. Your support is truly appreciated. All right, y'all back to the regular show. All right, before we wrap this up, uh, I want to thank a few people. We already thank Sean and Jess. I don't want to thank them again because we, we thank them enough no i 'm just kidding we uh, we 're on the road with them right now, and uh, it 'd be really difficult to do to do it without them. Um, we used to do it without them, and uh, it was just me and Ryan sleeping on reader 's floors and uh, occasionally at rest stops in our tour bus, his Toyota Corolla. In fact, I remember waking up in in uh, a rest stop here in Arizona, and like we had we had slept you know maybe four hours with the seats reclined and The sun was coming up, and we were parked right in front of a sign that said, Beware of Venomous Snakes, right there at the rest stop. So um, that was sort of our life for a while, but now we even have a hotel room to go back to tonight, which is really great. But uh, Sean and and Jess are really grateful that uh, you decided to spend some time on the road with us, and uh, let's give them a round of applause. (laughs) And i got to tell you, we, we go to a lot of different venues. Sometimes they're like heavy metal rock venues, which can be interesting. Um, and, and then sometimes they're really awesome theaters like this one. How about a round of applause for the Mesa Arts Center? And I just want to acknowledge Joshua Becker really quick. I want to thank you for doing what you do, man. I think you're contributing to a lot of people's lives. I know you certainly contributed to mine and a whole lot of others, and we're really grateful you decided to spend some time with us here tonight. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you for the invitation.
0: And if you leave here tonight with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks, y'all. Thank you so much, Phoenix. Thank you very
5: much. This is Ashley from West Palm Beach, Florida, and I have a comment and suggestion for those with the fear of missing out, specifically those in their 20s and early ages. Um, So when it comes to concerts, a lot of times, and pretty much every time, you can work a concert and get your ticket for free. This includes music festivals. And a lot of times you even get behind the scenes and backstage access and contact with the band. So in the end, not only do you save money, but you have some very amazing
7: experiences and make new friends.
4: Hi, my name is Daniel and I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. In previous podcasts, I've heard people wanting to do more for the environment but not knowing how they can contribute. I've been using the search engine called Ecosia, that's the letter E-C-O-S-I-A dot org, Ecosia dot org. This search engine plants trees with its ad revenue. And while I do agree that advertisements suck, to me it's a small inconvenience to pay for a great contribution for searches I'd be doing anyway on the Internet. They have already planted over 17 million trees across the globe, and they post monthly video updates on YouTube.
6: Hey, this is Nori in West Orange, New Jersey, responding to Andrew at your Denver tour stop, who is the leader of the minimalist group there and feels like he's a failure or doesn't live up to where some of the others in the group are on their minimalism journey. In addition to the suggestion to lower your expectations and raise your standards, I also think you should consider changing your vocabulary. Instead of being the leader of the group, why not call yourself something else like the facilitator or the contact person? It signifies that you're the one who gets the group together and schedules when and where you'll meet, but that you're also part of the group. You may feel better about yourself and your role when you don't feel like, as the leader, you should have all the answers for your followers.
2: you gotta reach for and you gotta grab Oh, I bet that you be fine without it So take your eyes away Or take your eyes